good day to everyone here joining us today. My name is CJ. I'm your co-host Zoe. I'm the other co-host Amina. Join into discussion where we talk about culture appropriation versus culture appreciation. And this is our new podcast, Three, Three Shady, Shady Ladies. Ladies. So how are you two? We're good. good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. Thank you for asking. You're very welcome. So we've already said how we are going to be talking about cultural appropriation versus appreciation. Yeah. In your own words, what is cultural appropriation? After you, Amina. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, For me, cultural appropriation is the way that majority cultures will take from minority cultures and use their traditions and their culture for their own good and their own benefit when it's not really theirs to use yeah no that's like really what i was about to say as well like when they take it or they rename it or profit off it and things like that without even caring about where it originated from because people just take without being like oh i don't really care yeah people do pick and choose when it comes to they do they do and that's literally why we're doing this whole podcast yes because like we've had enough (laughs) Uh, so why do you guys think it is a problem in today's society? I think it's an issue because, well, in the 21st century, you know, we're aware of race, you know. We don't sort of shun away from talks about race, you know. It's in our primary schools, it's in, you know, our streets. Mm. And the idea that something that, like, for example, something that I hold really dearly to my heart as, like, a South Asian woman is being taken by a culture which used to mock me for it and that yes. doesn't that doesn't feel right it yeah. honestly like it doesn't because it's like you know when you've been bashed for who you are for years and then all of a sudden times have changed and it's like oh my gosh i want that oh i want to wear this i want to do that and it's like but you literally bashed me for it when i was younger so yeah literally, like it doesn't make sense exactly since when has the contract changed you yeah know? It's, yeah exactly it's just weird because like you don't even expect it as well yeah and it's weirder when again like when people pick and choose so like for example like and they want to wear dreadlocks but when it comes to black lives matter they're like huh what what oh Sorry? yeah what? yeah oh, yeah because it's so funny how they'll um get the dreadlocks and get the braids but i do not see those same people marching no yeah they were not marching on the streets like everyone else yeah no. like y'all pick and choose and it's it's ridiculous honestly mm-hmm. I've, I've had enough <laughs> I've honestly had enough. We're done. Yeah. We are done. But like the thing with braids is like I'm wearing braids, obviously. Mm-hmm. They're very pretty braids. Oh yes. thank you so much. It took me like six to nine hours. Ooh. So yeah, it best look good. <laughs> and that's the thing, because like when people do it and then because like I- I'm gonna tell you a story. When I was um in secondary school, as you guys know, I was the only black person in like my whole high school in Scotland, which is like where all the white people live obviously <laughs> so it was just very like different because it's like i knew my hair was different and then which i didn't mind but it was just kind of like okay it's different and people would bash me for it and call it they'd like feel it like they wouldn't like they'd literally come up to me in the cafeteria or if i'm minding my own business or even walk into a different class and would feel it like this like, Ooh, oh, feeling it yeah and like oh my gosh like honestly everyone says oh my gosh it feels like rape it's so rapey and it's like you know what you got lice. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm out here giving spice. You're out here giving lice. Please sit down. <laughs> sit down. Because I've had enough. Can I take said. that quote? Yes. Spice and <laughs> lice. I like that. Okay. So, do you guys know 
when the word cultural appropriation emerged i have no idea i only started hearing about it sort of about like last year yeah maybe the year before few years yeah yeah so cultural appropriation first emerged uh, between the 70s and 80s in america and it was mainly emerged from black people and like asian people mexicans and it was then they started realizing this is an issue so because um the issue was coming from fashion and hair can you guys name any brands that appropriate your culture okay zara like the amount of silver camises which are like south asian clothes i've seen on zara which is like for god's sake like why and they're like modeled by white people Mm. with no like no sort of connection to south asians there's a brand called thrifted.com which was selling sawaka muses which is a big thing in you know south asian muslim cultures um as a vintage boho dress no yeah yes i i saw that when doing my research i was like what yeah it's horrible and also the thing is with sawaka muses is that it's modest right so you have like the scarf mm. which you cover like your chest with and then you have trousers and then you have like the dress they were selling just the dress which is already pretty short but it's just like that it just it just doesn't look right no and then like loads of like brands will sort of like especially recently during the palestine protests they will make like the i can't remember what they're called but the scarves that most palestinians wear Mm -hmm. and they will just sell them off for like what triple the price like you can find them at like palestinian markets for like what two three quid talking about markets um we went to what was it called it was a culture market yeah well we thought it was perfect for like research and all that yeah like culture appropriation versus culture appreciation and um i saw this bag that i fell in love with i've been using it every single day since then and um i got it from like this um native um like indonesian guy and like we were talking about like just like different cultures and all that and it was funny because like when i was on the bus I wanted to Google, you know how we were like talking about how people take things and then rename it or yeah. drop it off it. Yeah. Well, um, I Googled, um, like native like um, like native like Indonesian like bags. Yes. Not Indonesian, indigenous. That's indigenous. It. <laughs> oh my dear. And um, it was like urban urban bag hobo hobo bag. Hobo. Hobo mean homeless. Yeah. Hobo means homeless. As if it was like hobo style bag from Amazon, like twenty five pound fifty. Twenty five oh quid, literally. And I'm thinking, wow. Nope. This is literally the examples that I'm using right now. Like it's ridiculous. And like these are real people thinking real yeah. that is ridiculous. And it's expensive. And it's people that um really don't know anything about the culture and just like urban hobo hippie one. Oh. That was another one. Hippie style bag. For fifty pounds. Jeez, no, no. Honestly, for e- on eBay, and it was already used. You know what's the worst as well? What? Flipping runways. Yeah. Runways and their oh yeah, Kylie braids or like Kim braids <laughs> or then or it's like they literally like have a headscarf on and it's like hooded scarf and I'm just like yeah no, and they also scarf. use a lot of like um indigenous uh like Native American tribe, you know those feather. Yeah. I don't know the yeah. name of them. Their headdresses. Yeah yeah that's oh especially victoria's secret yeah oh no yeah okay zoe yes so my first question is for you 
So braids originated from African culture. Period. How do you feel when a person who isn't black wears them? Right. So it's it's mixed. Like at first, like if you ask me, maybe like end of September, I'd been like, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But there is a difference, like the title of the podcast, between culture appropriation and culture appreciation. And the thing is, like, if someone see, mm, you know what? I must say this, right? If a white person, because there's mainly white people that um, will get braids done. Yeah. If a white person was rolling around in town with braids, the mm-hmm. first thing I'm going to say is, you do not look good. Yeah. You look ugly. Your scalp <laughs> is burning. <laughs> you look very bad. It does not suit you. Please take it off. Your hair is receding. Pretty Literally. much. Like, <laughs> do you want your head to like just fall off? Because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's what I'd say. But the thing is, like, it's those same people that will be like, oh, braids, braids. It's just hair and all that. Yeah, it's but it's more than just hair. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you are appropriating it because you don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, You don't understand, like, the full meaning of braids. Because, like, doing this, like, talking about this, like, the love for my braids and, like, my dreadlocks and just, like, everything I put on my head, even, like, my afro. I yeah. love it. I've, I've never loved it more, you know? Yeah. Because I can really see you know just how amazing like my culture is so when i see someone just put it on their head because it's trendy um no because fishnets are trendy why don't you put them on <laughs> yeah so not so fun facts coming your way um in 1979 there was a film called 10 and in the film was um an actress right and she was called bo Derek, and she wasn't that big at the time she's she was white white as a sheet of paper and she wore dreadlocks it was like a big scene where she came out of the water and she had her braids she was like swishing them in the wind and then (laughs) do you want to guess what happened after that white women started wearing braids and started calling them bow braids you know what yeah (laughs) no actually i got my fists up i got that like she isn't lying you know what you know what i I, are everywhere i'm lacking patience i'm lacking patience my patience has just like been ripped out of my body and thrown away i've had enough the fact that this was 1979 and it's still happening now with what kim kim braids kim Kim k braids no 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 isn't kim kardashian white Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> I mean, her tanning is very, very good and not patchy, by the way. But yeah. she is still very much Caucasian. <laughs> and goodness sake, as long as she ain't black, do not put it on your head. Yeah. And the thing is, I won't lie, she actually looked quite pretty. Not the point. <laughs> not the point. Do not put my culture on your damn head. Stick to your wigs, stick to your extensions, or shave the whole thing. Yeah. I, do, do, I honestly do not care yeah i don't because i mean the 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 stuff and the things that people would say to me for having my braids or having my dreadlocks or goodness sake having my afro out which was actually my own hair the things i had to face at such a young age and then all of a sudden it's these same people that want to put my braids and my dreadlocks and my afro on the runway and oh. call it Kim K Bread. You know, mm. <laughs> I got my fist up because it's like I will have to fight you because I'm just I'm I'm livid. I'm honestly livid. Like it's so irritating. And it to be honest, like on a more mature note, it does break my heart because it's like you know me and so many other people 
had to face this and because i was in scotland when i faced like most of this mm. i was the only black person there but besides my mom obviously yeah i was like literally the only black person there so i was facing this alone i didn't have anyone to talk to i i didn't have anyone to be like oh is there something wrong with me why do they not like my hair this that and the other and because i was around about like i don't know like around about 10 11 when these things started happening mm. it's not like i could like google that this was happening to anyone else so i was very isolated and very alone and then now seeing that as i'm older and now seeing that braids and dreadlocks and afro is suddenly now trendy i mean my culture is not a trend no and you isolated me for so long and all of a sudden you want to take it and call it kim k braids <sighs> or call it an urban style what does that even mean i don't even know what urban means i don't no. urban or ethnic it's so funny how when it comes to um african culture it's always ethnic or yeah. urban but then or when, when it's like asian culture is always authentic yeah others it just others you exactly but then when it's like french it's oh. like oh yeah french cuisine they always like french cuisine do not get me started on the french i'm gonna get you started <laughs> i'm gonna get you started go on say your the thing french. say your piece the french the, fr- oh, the french man <laughs> you know what? i know you're gonna have a question about this so i will save it for later okay also another this is actually a fun fact mm. i think i'm just bringing out the fun facts right now Period. dreadlocks are also part of hindu culture mm-hmm. so they sort of put dreadlocks in their hair like within hindu cultures as spiritual enlightenment Period. and for like supreme knowledge mm. which i didn't know that until i did the survey so i'm really glad we're doing this podcast because i'm learning exactly. stuff also another fact that dreadlocks also actually originated from the ancient greek but mm. became more popularized through african culture and like you know the caribbean all those areas yeah it is a little it's a little bit like see i feel like the greeks would have done it for like cosmetic use whereas i feel like dreadlocks for like black culture is like protective it's, yeah it's pretty much the only way you can put your hair without it it is thing. more associated with african culture dreadlocks are yeah i mean the thing is like because like with my hair it's very thick like yeah i have broken combs and brushes i literally have a massive tub of like broken like combs and brush collection just to see how many i've broken because of my hair <laughs> so having braids in i can just it's protective style and it still looks bomb as hell yeah so like you know it's just great so would you appreciate it more if they understood the history behind it oh yeah um i mean yes but at the same time no because it's like I- i'm just gonna repeat like y'all do not look good with braids like it's very very simple like stripes i hate stripes i think stripes are disgusting so i would never put stripes on me yeah you know but it's like if i was like all of a sudden like oh people that wear stripes are disgusting i hate people that wear stripes which i don't obviously but if i said something like that and then all of a sudden stripes are in right now and i'm wearing stripes it's like what and then yeah. people are like well you literally bashed me for wearing stripes now you're wearing stripes like it makes no sense yeah so i feel like i would really appreciate if they knew the culture and wanted to learn about new culture a bit like culture exchange um but at the same time like it still makes me itch a bit yeah i mean the things that i've experienced because of braids and dreadlocks and afro something that was harmless something that had nothing to do with you and then even though you you know appreciate the culture and learn about it you're still putting it on it like it, it is a mix i think you'd have to ask me maybe in five years time i mean i don't know like 
yes i'd love if they appreciate the culture which is what i want but at the same time it's like you still don't look good yeah okay. bottom line you don't look good <laughs> you don't okay armina this oh. is a question for you yay hijabs <laughs> are worn by muslim women to maintain privacy and modesty how does it feel as a muslim woman yourself when a runway model wears a hijab with like revealing clothing on Ew, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so basically, I started wearing my headscarf when I was around 11. Mm. Um, mainly because when I was younger, I was just like, oh yeah, like I, it was like an adult thing to do. And I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to go into second school. Like, oh, I wear a headscarf, I'll be like an adult. And for me, it was to get closer to like God because like I only started getting like kind of a bit more religious recently. And mm. the headscarf was the first step. And for me, it was like my hair's like private like it's mine like you two have seen my hair because you're both females and i trust yeah. you yeah. too love you love you too but um <laughs> sort of seeing especially the french okay this is my french point now so in france the headscarf is banned in workplaces and in places of education which does not make sense because the headscarf does not stop you from learning does not stop you from working and the same french people who go on to be designers will put headscarves onto models on the runway and like tie it around like you know the 80s like yeah tied headscarf yeah like, like it frustrates me because why am i not allowed to wear it in a place of education but you can wear it on the runway like that doesn't work and especially because like it's just frustrating that on a white person it's seen as like like you were saying like it's beautiful it's like you know it's gorgeous but then i wear it and i'm like a terrorist and i'm mm. just like but why it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me up here in my brain like i don't know how you're wired to the fact that you see it on your on a white woman and you're and like it's oh, fine. yes yeah. and when it is seen on a woman who isn't a muslim it's styled as an accessory rather than a religious meaning which is why yeah. on runways mm. it can be seen on women wearing provocative outfits and yeah which isn't okay. the point at all and like that's how fetishizations happen because like people will see these runway models and people will see like especially on porn sites like they will see these women and will think oh yeah like this turns me on which is not the point of the headscarf Literally. it's meant to like keep you modest and you're yeah. meant to only like you're meant to see me and understand my personality not what mm. my body looks like so sort of seeing someone on a runway in like a bikini and then a headscarf is like what's mm. the point you're trying to make yeah you know the scarf that has that um only shows your eyes which one's that the niqab yeah it's so funny how the uh society won't allow people to wear that yeah but it's okay to put on your mask exactly yeah. like, make that make sense like and i don't understand like oh it's um people are like oh yeah it's an identification issue you can like if if you went to an airport right and they were like oh could, could we see your face for identification you couldn't do that you can't say no you can't you you're allowed to do that you just go to one side this is my face okay great yeah. on you go it's not like you're hiding like i've seen so many people like oh yeah you're just hiding your identification like you don't want to be found not really. but that's not the truth like you're not meant to look at me again with the niqab you're not meant to look at a niqab and think i want to see what's under there i want to see what she looks like it's meant to be oh i should probably talk to that woman and get to know her for her mm. personality yeah that's the thing, like they, they're so fascinated with other people's business i mean i'm out here feeling like people will literally when their own house is burning they'll be wanting to see what other people are doing 
when they, you know, like when they're in other people's business, yeah, except yeah. their own. Like, yeah. please, please, sir, stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. Why are you in my lane? Because we're gonna have a car crash. Literally, yeah. <laughs> enough. Yeah. So Zoe, yes. Afros became more popularized between the years of the 1960s and the 1970s because of black men and women. Period. Do you think black people got enough credit for the popularity of Afros? I mean, the thing is, um, the difference between like braids, um, dreadlocks and Afro is everyone knows that Afro is from someone's scalp. You know, like with braids and... um, dreadlocks it's woven into you so it's like and then there's people i feel like they're being stupid on purpose who suddenly don't know where it's originated from but um with afros everyone does know it's like black people hair mainly yes i mean there probably are, are a few p- white people on this earth or uh people who are not black on this earth that have afro but i'm not talking about them i'm talking about my people um I would say that I think my only issue is most of the time when I see afros, it's not on a black person. Yeah. You know, like as in like on a runway. I mean, Kendall Jenner, she had a massive afro for like Vogue or something like that. And it's like, there's two things that you can do. Get a black person for Vogue with an afro. Yes. Or get Kendall Kendall Jenner (laughs) Jenner with her, her actual hair. I don't understand the fascination with getting the afro without the actual person. Yeah. yeah you know see, it makes no sense see i feel like i'm not seeing any afros anymore mm. yeah like i i don't think i see them anymore it's like if i tell my mom she's like yeah like yeah she feels like all black people back then had afros whereas i feel like now it's more like maybe it's the style or maybe it is like the because like professionalism mm. the fact that like you know black hair is unprofessional I, i'm gonna tell you this like it's it is hard i mean i don't I don't like going to new places, especially like white majority places with with my hair. Like I honestly just want to put my hood up. But mm. even then people will be like, Oh, she's trying to steal something. That's yeah. the thing. Like I'm not safe. I I'm not accepted with dreadlock. I'm not accepted with braids. I'm not accepted with afro. I'm not accepted with my hood up. What do I have to do? Shave my head and even then they'll have a situation where they don't like me bald. Yeah. You know? I mean, um the the thing is, like, either we straighten our hair to be accepted in society or what that's the thing like it's 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 really hard people i mean i know black people that wear wigs wigs that they don't even like wearing but in their workplace if they show their braids or their natural hair they're gonna get a lot of hate for it i don't especially with managers and all that i was gonna say i don't understand how boris johnson can walk around with a mop on his head (laughs) <laughs> and people see braids and they're like no that's unprofessional like look to your own people look yeah. to the living prime minister i'm seeing the dandruff flakes <laughs> like really giving me lice <laughs> <laughs> okay amina yay muslim women are fetish size for wearing hijabs especially through things such as porn does this make you uncomfortable to wear a hijab in case someone thinks of you in a provocative way oh hell yeah hell yeah i mean like i've been catcalled more with my headscarf on than with it off Mm. and like i mean i again like i said i only started wearing it when i was 11 but like i still know people younger than that who get catcalls so i was really surprised because i was like islamically your headscarf is meant to protect you Mm. but it doesn't have that protectiveness anymore now it's just like like i'm just wearing this for god and like for myself yeah and like it scares me because what if i have a daughter mm. who wants to wear a headscarf 
and she goes out and some weirdos who watched porn earlier with a hijabi woman in it and she just sees my daughter as like a mm. sex object yeah i feel like porn like the most porn searched countries are muslim countries mm. and i feel like that's because like you know no sex before marriage and sex is such a like a taboo subject so people just watch porn to get their like their rush of it the juices going the satisfaction <laughs> the satisfaction yeah whereas i feel like so like i feel like when muslim men watch it i feel like they feel less guilty because mm. they're like oh yeah headscarves like oh, i'm fine even mm. though they're literally watching porn mm. whereas i feel like in, when white men watch porn with heads like covered women it's like oh yes these are objects yeah, like, yeah. Objects power for mine to control and what's even worse is that the porn industry is run by white men like just white men who see that you know, porn's a big thing in Muslim countries, so they think, oh yeah, let's get more, mm. more like, you know, let's put headscarves on women and like earn the money. Mm. And like, when I did an interview with my brother and sister, that was the one thing they kept saying. And my brother was like, I don't think we can go back. Like, I don't, th- I think the line's been crossed. I don't think, yeah. I don't think there's much we can do anymore, which makes me sad. And this is why this conversation needs to be happened more because, you know, people. I don't want these things to ex- like exist, exist like mm. that like and be so normalized yeah and be so normalized because like why should white people have to do it for, for it to be normalized like mm. it doesn't make sense okay so do rags let's talk about do rags this is a topic yes so do rags were once used for slave women to keep their hair out of their face while doing labor but then was restyled to accelerate the development of long curly slash kinky hair waves or locks yeah how do you feel when you see a non-black person wearing <coughs> a do-rag? Just get my throat ready because I am about to shout. No, <laughs> like, the thing with me is I don't have enough tolerance in me to just be like, mm, I'll let this slide. Because like I said, the things that I've dealt with, I, I've i just had enough. I mean, with do-rags, I mean, I love them. I have only a couple. I don't use them that much because like, my hair is too thick. And then... Yeah with my braids i actually don't need them but i have them like for friends or if anyone's there and um quite a lot of like my black friends have um do-rags well like yeah my black male friends all of them have do-rags so it's so it it does irritate me because like you don't need it yeah that's the thing that's actually all i'm gonna say you actually don't need it because the thing is if you want a do-rag you go to a black owned store to get a do-rag for something you don't need you cannot get waves with the type of texture your hair is you don't need it you don't look good you look really weird and out of place yeah and then you try to act hood Uh like it's funny because like a couple of weeks ago i did see a a white guy with a do-rag i'm not even kidding and you know he was looking very hood and he was like oh yeah 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 yeah." (laughs) like what does that mean i don't know who they think they are literally and it's just like who are you trying to impress? Because it's no one here. It's almost like they, they think that, oh, I'm wearing a do-rag. I'm one of you guys now, uh, in quotation marks. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let no. me tell you something. Like, I saw so, I, this, this video had me weeping. And I showed this to my mom. She also wept. So basically, <laughs> so basically, uh, there was this video of like uh, black and white people um, in like a massive church talking uh-huh. about racism. And um, this was maybe like back in like 2003. I'm not really sure um, because it was reposted on TikTok. And this white woman stood up and was like, um, I I can't remember what she said, but she was like, she was very much Caucasian. And she was like, I'm 0.2% Nigerian. And she turned (laughs) around. She turned around to the um, the black audience was like, so technically I am a sister. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? 
That's kind of like, that's kind of like, so my DNA test, I done a DNA, DNA test and I got 0.8% Central Asian. That's almost like me going up to Amina as a non-Muslim woman wearing a hijab. Literally. Oh, CJ, I love you. But if you did that, I would slap you. Literally. And I, I would take too. that slap. I would oh, take that slap. Oh my God. But that's, that... that's like the equivalent of me doing Literally. that because I got 0.8% Central Asian in me. And she was so proud of it as well. I, I am my sister. You know what? <laughs> sister, sit your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Armina. Yes. So fashion companies such as Xian create designs that are similar to the Sawa Kameez. And most of the time it is modelled by a white person. Oh. Yes, I've seen it. Yes. Does it defeat the purpose of the traditional clothing? The thing is, is that I don't mind if white people or non-south asians wear sarah kameezes but if it's in the right context mm. so like if someone came to pakistan i wouldn't mind seeing them wearing a sarah because i'm like well you're in the country so like i like you know i don't really mind or like if they were in a mosque yeah. and they wanted to like cover themselves and like respect the place then i wouldn't mind or like a wedding like you two are coming to my wedding yep i'll i'll sort out your dresses thank you you're gonna look thank great you. that you. i don't mind however when it's white people profiting off of you know brown people's culture mm. that's an issue especially because like she and right like again with the interview with my brother and sister and all my sister and all was saying that because these big companies are selling these dresses and it's easier especially online to order it from these big companies who make them in bulk mm. people especially south asians like it's our own not our own fault but it's like it's something we need to work on we just go online oh yeah just place quick order that's my eid outfit done and these small businesses on the street who are owned by these south asians they're going out of business because you know everything's online and you know they're not profiting from that anymore which is sad because you know they've clearly worked so hard mm. this is the only thing they know and they're just selling these beautiful outfits that should not be going to waste all because of what because she and because the white guy at the top of the chain wants wants a bit more money from the South yeah. Asians. Like it does not make sense, and it's sad. Do you think that if companies are selling something similar, like the same style as a so a Camille's, yeah, for a cheaper price, should it be modelled by a South Asian woman slash man? I think that you need you need South Asians involved in the design process. You need to talk to them. You need to understand the history. You need the context like that's the other annoying thing as well is that it's the white people that design them and you're just like no because like i i know my sawakamiza styles like i know what's good and what's not and if a brand <laughs> reached out to me and was like oh yeah we want your help to design you know some dresses similar to south asian styles i'd be like yeah fine like talk to these small business owners you know if you're buying fabric from them give them some support you know shout them out in in your posts because like they really do deserve it like i don't buy any of my dresses mm. from shein like mm. especially my south asian dresses i don't buy them from shein i don't buy them from amazon i buy them from asian-owned stores because i yeah. know that they need the money and this is the only thing that this is like this is their job like there are catalogs of asian dresses that you can just find and it's not that hard to walk into a shop speak to someone you know it's like it's why don't you just do that 
Yeah. Zoe, Hello. next question is for you. Hello. So hoop earrings originated from Nubia, now known as Sudan, around the year 2500 BCE. Do you have any issues with other cultures wearing hooped earrings? Well, I'll be honest, I really didn't know about hoop earrings being originated from um there until like last week i'm pretty sure i was the one that told you (laughs) yeah it it was you um technically it actually is cultural appropriation because i didn't know that yeah and that's practically my culture so it's kind of been like overshadowed by definitely Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely like we have literally been in the dark i didn't know that and i'm literally like from that culture you know what i'm saying Yeah. yeah so technically that is the definition of culture um appropriation and renaming it and whatever because i just thought hoops was like a design if you told me it was from berlin i would believe you (laughs) if you told me it was from spain i'd believe you i didn't know that yeah you know this is what we don't want to happen we don't want these things to become so normalized to the fact that we forget exactly but the thing is the thing i don't like is when it comes to black culture y'all love to rename it and call it everything except what it is you know those um the, like those when you're younger and you see the French artist with those little French hats what are they called? yeah berets uh, yeah a beret if you see it online they'll say French beret yes just like that uh, you could just call it a small black hat you really yeah. could <laughs> yeah because that's technically what it is but they always make sure they know it's a French beret but anytime it's like um, anything from a different culture it's like urban this ethnic this yeah um, oh my god can multi-pattern we... blah 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 it's like enough can we like make a like a fake website and just call white people things like just really simplify them like a hat call kilts a skirt and just see people get pissed off but they do but they do get pissed off because it's like when it comes to like majority like white um white culture names or whatever they always make sure to put the name but when it's like our culture black and brown culture mm. all of a sudden it's um Ooh, don't know oh, it's this type of hat or multicolored this ethnic that urban this urban yeah. chic what well, on yeah. urban chic I don't, I just don't it's care. a skirt yeah zoe <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is your last question oh my last question african wax prints also known as ankara and dutch wax prints is a common material used in african clothing mm-hmm. when fashion brands use these prints uh, for the money and popularity rather than knowing any history behind these prints how does that make you feel upset <laughs> it literally right makes on me the upset. money right yeah. on the money like it, it does make me upset because i mean i've seen people suffer me personally i've we've all suffered because of who we are because of what we were i mean oh my gosh i have um kente cloth which is like nigerian um uh like fabric you know like yeah just that it was gorgeous it is gorgeous like i wore it to my granddad's funeral like and that was really the time where i was able safely and happily mm. able to wear who i was yeah you know because like of course i can wear my jeans and and wear this and wear that but like you know you just want to you know go back to your roots sometimes and, and wear that know where you, you come from i mean i have dresses someone would have to pay me to put it on and walk out in town <laughs> they'd have to pay me good money good money i'm not st- i'm not saying like five pound no put like five o's five o's yeah <laughs> and even then i think about it like we we're not accepted my mum um back in scotland she would like sometimes wear like some of her like 
um nigerian roots not well she's born in britain but you know she does have like a few african clothes here and mm. there and she'd go into work this was when she still bought from scotland i mean we were talking about it yesterday we would never do that now and that's no. the thing with like racism and things like that you don't see yourself as different you see yourself as different but they obviously see you as a threat or see you as something odd. Oh, yeah. I mean, because yeah. I was talking about, I was literally saying, I was like, I can't believe you literally went into work. She was the only black person in that building. Yeah. The only black person in that building, you know. And um, she went into work with native wear. That's, like, brave. But it, it, there's a difference between being brave but not knowing. She honestly True. didn't know how harmful that could be. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that's the thing. Like, I would never, because of seeing you know the way the world is i don't feel safe walking i don't feel safe comfortable or even happy having to go in with my natural um natural hair and uh uh, natural clothes or whatever i had to put in Mm. uh or put on and just walking to college no because i don't feel like i'd be accepted see like within south asian culture there's like i guess it's racism towards ourselves Mm. where like it got to the point when i was a kid when i'd see someone in like a sarah kameez or like an abaya which is like a big long dress that you'd wear to the mosque and i'd feel embarrassed for them not ashamed i'd feel embarrassed because i'd just be like oh like like i'd be one of those people where i was like oh we're in england and people just wear english clothes right that's because i was scared like i was scared like of what someone might do to said person mm. recently i i just stopped giving a shit I just stopped. I came to school in an abaya. No one batted an eye. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I know that sometimes I, like, one day I will go out and I, like, someone will say something stupid and I Mm. might, my confidence might be knocked. See, I feel lucky because I think I'm, right now, I'm confident in myself that I could come to college and, you know, a Sawakamese and I'd be fine with it. Also, because college is a safe space for me. Yeah. So I feel like now, now's the time that I can wear what I want and do what I want at college. But then when I go into the working world and I wear what an abaya to work, people are going to be like, oh, sorry, that's like, mm. you know, caution, you know, you might trip on that or hurt yourself. Like, no, love, I know how to, I know how to handle myself. It's just a long dress. Literally. Yeah. Just pull it up. It's different for me because like, whether it's college or um, work or wherever, I don't like feeling like other because mm. for like 10 years, I felt like I was other not in a way where it made me cry every night but definitely as i did get older being raised in scotland made me realize wow like i'm black because like when i was young i didn't know i was black i knew i was different i knew i was darker but Mm. i didn't know i was black but the people around me always made sure that i knew and Mm. it like was in the worst way you know so ever since then i wouldn't say it's ptsd but i would say that in some element i don't like to show off like much of my culture because the last time i did it you know like there'd be times like it'd get violent or it'd Mm. be times like where people would like i have a bald spot on the back of my head uh because someone ripped out bread oh from the root this just shows like how different our upbringings are because like i like i grew up in a very white area but i if there was racism i don't think i noticed it i think the most racism was like really discreet it was really microaggression no one would come up to me mm. and be like you're a terrorist it, it yeah. was only like sort of recently that i'm noticing it a bit more like i'm noticing that people might stare at me and i'm noticing that people you know people try and like i don't have braids but i have mm. a bun mm. and people try and touch it 
and I'm just like, it's like it's what, what do you what do you want? Do you want it to be? Do you want, do you want me to prove its hair? Like it's, yeah. it's squishy. Like, <laughs> like what? I don't know what that what they want from me. So it just shows how different our upbringings are because you yeah. grew up like rural Scotland, and I grew yeah. up like in the middle of a city. Everyone is very upfront in Scotland, especially like if you are anything other than white, they yeah. will let you know. Like they'll let you know. Obviously, not everyone, but the, especially the kids, they'll let you know that they have somewhat of a problem with it or let you know yeah you're different and we're gonna treat you as such you know like and the thing is like i'd never say like i'd never even say it was racism obviously it was like looking back and and that's the thing like when you're not accepted for who you are because it was definitely quite damaging in some way because i always thought it was something wrong with me Mm. i my skin had nothing to do with it at the time i always thought it was something with with me was that was i too fat was i too ugly did i um did i say something bad did i smell did i this did i that and it just like at such a young age you Mm. put so much pressure that shouldn't even be there yeah you know and like i would try and see if there was like any sort of like bleaching tips and all that i'd rub banana in my skin because i heard i heard in our school it wasn't true it didn't do anything (laughs) um that banana like brightens up the skin because i was like "Mm, could i maybe look more like them it's ridiculous like obviously i wouldn't now because i don't want to be no fucking milk cricket (laughs) but you know I'm gonna stay with my melanated skin. <laughs> As you should. As I should. Damn right. Okay, Amina. Yes. Uh, searching the Sawakamis fetish mm-hmm. on Google, you get a lot of porn related videos. Oh no. Does this push away the meaning of the Sawakamis? Hell yeah. Essentially, people think that like modesty was introduced like because of Islam, like because of um, the Prophet, um, which isn't true modesty was sort of a thing sort of way back before islam right and it sort of gradually so like the swakamis gradually spread to be a regional style in like pakistan and india too and in islam it's like modesty is such a big thing not just modesty like on your skin but modesty inside and presenting yourself a certain Mm. way and sort of like how you sort of go about the world Mm. because muslim women are queens damn right damn right but it's it's really shame shameful to see that such a beautiful sort of style is being made into like a white man's fetish Mm. yeah it does really upset me to know that especially honestly i blame western media like princess jasmine i don't even know what the hell she's meant to be is she meant to be arab is she meant to be pakistani is she meant to be indian see like we can't tell because like princess jasmine in the film it's like a role of different cultures. Like Disney just went brown people, yeah, they're all the same. Just put it, just mm. put it like that. Yeah. So like, honestly, I kind of I don't blame Princess Jasmine herself. <laughs> I blame the companies because like, why, why are sort of brown women sort of seen as sexual? Yeah. Very much so. Like, like it you know Cleopatra. Well, yeah. obviously, I didn't know her personally, <laughs> but you know Cleopatra. You know she was um Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Please tell me why she white in the movie. Cleopatra was not Egyptian. Mm-hmm. She was born in Egypt, but her family origins trace back to um, to the Greek. Oh, see, like the Greek are naturally tanned anyway, so like I kind of see where where why people thought she was like full on Egyptian. It really upsets me that like all the brown women are like sexual, even in in things like um, like in Netflix shows like Elite. Yeah, like how they with the glo- with the glow up they take with the, the glow up. up. Yeah, and it's like oh yeah, I'm pretty now like but mm. th- that's not the point like i don't like what what what's the point like 
okay i don't know my future but in the future if i ever like take off my headscarf and i'm like oh, you're I not feel, gonna feel more beautiful i'm not gonna feel more beautiful i'm just gonna feel the same like because mm. i sit at home with my hair out i don't feel gorgeous i just look at myself like wow i look like hagrid <laughs> <laughs> just saying <laughs> so thick. there is a netflix series called would you rather and i think i recommended you to watch it before it's about a high schooler Mm-hmm. Um, who is South Asian mm-hmm. and it represents a lot of South Asian culture in that Ooh. it is a good Netflix series to watch there's about like 10 episodes Ooh, I've never heard of it um, see it's sad that these things are not like sort of brought yeah. out more like yeah. sort of well of course not because like, but people no one, don't care no yeah no one wants to see I that follow, I follow the actress on TikTok Ooh. and Instagram she's honestly so stunning Oh, so Final question, Amina. Bindis are used in a lot of South Asian and Southeast Asian mm-hmm. cultures. Mm-hmm. Fashion brands and companies sell them as an accessory despite them having spiritual implications and Hindu philosophy. Mm-hmm. Why do you think fashion companies use them as something fashionable rather than something spiritual related? Now, I'm not Hindu, so I I don't know, like, the full history of bindis and stuff, but I know that it's, like, bindis are sort of used to show, like, when you're married and when you're not. Um, so, like, that's, like, there's, like, a dot on your forehead, and I think, I'm pretty sure, black is when you're not married and red is when you are married, but then you have, like, prettier ones that people wear to weddings as, mm. like, sort of just to spice it up a bit, you know? And honestly, I blame festivals for this because right. I think they just see it as like, oh yeah, face jewelry, plop. And it's just like, they think it's like, you know, oh yeah, fashion and you know, I'll j- I can just wear it and take off. But like the history of it is so like gorgeous. Yes. And not only that, so is mainly used in India, correct? Mm-hmm. Loads of people will call bindis the packy spot. They call it the what now? Have you never heard of that? The Paki spot? No. So, the red one specifically, uh-huh. uh, is it, they will see an Indian woman that instantly would think uh, she's from Pakistan because she has a Paki spot. Oh, that makes me sick. Yeah. yeah. That makes me sick. So, that was said a lot when I was growing up. Oh. Obviously, I would never say it. That was the first time I've ever said this. Yeah. Um, but it kind of shows how uncultured people are. Yeah, and it's like how they're, they're pushing mm. someone else's culture onto another culture because they're not educated. Oh, that's... I mean, there's a difference between being um, uneducated and being rude. Yeah, I, I mean, you've seen how people will say the N word, and then the the video goes viral, and then they're like, oh, "I'm sorry, I didn't know the meaning." I mean, this is 2021. Yeah. You have social media and like all platforms, and you're telling me you don't know the meaning. Yeah. I mean, it's things like that. And it's like, there is a difference between being rude and being uneducated. Yeah. And I do feel like in the times that we are, unless you are less than like 12 years old mm-hmm. and then you say something or do something that is very unappealing or not right, I know you're, you're being rude. Mm. But if you're like 10, and even then, even then, I just feel like you say the N-word or something like that or um, say that Muslims are disgusting or something stupid that like that. That just shows like how your parents teach exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. And either way, I don't care if you are like 10 years old, I'm still going to say my piece. Yeah. yeah. Please sit down and get an education. Also, because like the thing with um, 
like I didn't like I didn't know about the n-word until I I think I'd say like 12 13 like I just never heard it in my life because I wasn't surrounded by black people yeah like I went to like I said all white it was mainly Asians I heard Paki a lot right yeah so like I heard that word a lot because like people like white men were sort of saying it to brown kids and I was just like I don't know like how I feel and like people will call like the corner shops like oh yeah the packy shop yes mm. the people who own my corner shop are Sikh like what are you on about like I don't know what you're on about the people yeah. at my corner uh, corner shop are Hindu <laughs> yeah it doesn't make sense like th- there's no connection to Pakistan there like I don't know what you mean mm. and like it would get uncomfortable but as soon as i learned what the n-word was which i think was through a tv show there's like controversy around it i looked it up because i was like i don't know what this word means i saw the history of it because you know it's 2021 well at the time it was like what 2014 2015 i had my phone my tiny little phone (laughs) and i just looked it up and i was just like okay i know what it means now i know i'm never gonna say it exactly you know i mean when I was, I'll oh, just bring back Scotland. Scotland was such an amazing Scotland time. Scotland is traumatic. Very well, yeah, <laughs> very much. I mean, obviously, like I do have somewhat um, love there. Mm. Um, you know, be who I am now is definitely because of Scotland. Like I'm not gonna tarnish it, but at the same time, I'm never gonna set foot <laughs> in that place ever again. Even if you pay me, you have to pay me two million. Give me, pounds. give me the names of the bullies I'll find them for you. Oh, that's the thing. I never say I was bullied because the thing is, I always fought back. You know, as I'm you not, should. I'm not violent or anything like that, but I never fought back. Either way, what was I saying? Yes, um, there was this girl who was like my friend. The thing is, like being the only black person there, I wanted to fit in. You know, mm. so I was trying to make friends with the popular kids. No such thing. No yeah. such thing. There's yeah. no such thing as a popular child and um everyone is like the same or different or ugly i don't care <laughs> and um i was like oh hey her name, her name was katie the same bitch that was like blackout tuesday everyone don't make really don't, like, no oh. honestly it's like you know what don't make me shoot you in the, <laughs> i will literally shoot you in the boob and the right one because i know <laughs> that one was always sensitive <laughs> and um I don't know where she got the, the, the word from, but obviously she'd seen it or heard it or whatever. And then I was walking, don't know where I was walking to, probably the cafeteria, no. And she was like, oh, what up, N-word? And I'm like, oh. And the thing is, like, I'm not even joking yet. There was something in my heart that was like, something's not right. Mm. Being the only black person like in that entire town, obviously, besides my mum. Yeah. I didn't know what that word meant at all. Mm. I was like 13 then. So mm. I didn't know what it meant, but there was something in my heart that told me something's not right there. But at the same time, like I wanted to be friends with her. So I was like, oh, hey. And uh, she was like, oh, can I keep calling you that? And still I was like, mm, mm, something, something's not right. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh. So she kept calling me that. Uh. And so even in front of teachers, you know, and they did not bat an eyelid. They were just like, mm, mm, mm. all of a sudden I'm deaf. <laughs> all of a sudden i have hearing problems i feel like yeah. they must have like they must have said it in their own time i feel Probably. like th- those types of words are thrown around a lot with the police mm. which are we surprised are we really surprised no. No. no 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 but like you see sort of like there's a documentary where you can just hear sort of policemen going n-word mm. and say like oh yeah that packy guy from down the street oh mm. I'm, I'm just gonna find him i'll just arrest him and then i'll just beat him beat him up and it's just like your officers of the law mm. like that's the scary thing as well is that you can't even trust people you're meant to trust i mean there's seven billion people on this earth 
I feel like I only trust like 0.1%. Actually, no, that's a bit too much. Zero, <laughs> zero point zero one. CJ, why are you pointing at me for? I don't um, trust you. Oh, no, I'm joking. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> so my final question is, what do you think we should do to prevent this from happening in the future when our kids are growing up? I mean, the thing is, we our culture is not learned in history. Our yes, culture, education. It, yeah, edu- literally education. Like, it's really, honestly, not that hard. We are here learning about French history, a place I've never even been to before. I know about the French wars and this, that, and the other. I know about different cultures, the cultures that matter more in society mm. if we can just change that and talk about different cultures I, I definitely feel like the world would be a bit more respectful but because mm. we are not in the books we're not in the medias we're not in the 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 tv shows everyone is just like oh oh what's this and then suddenly when we are in the the the, the newspapers and getting the spotlight all of a sudden it's like oh okay well actually that looks quite interesting i'm gonna take that I'm gonna take that and then we're like black and brown yeah. cultures are like oh what's happening here yeah yeah like, surprise surprise i just think it just starts with education it starts from a young age from people letting children know that other people exist mm. you know there's not just one skin color in this world and that it needs to start from childhood like i remember learning about what flipping napoleon like why the, why the, why is he important i wanted to learn about rosa parks i wanted to learn about martin luther king i that's sad i feel like that's the only two sort of black sort of activists Icons, i know yeah. i don't know any south asian ones like nope. i don't know i don't know anyone like I do you know, know anyone cj no like that makes me sad because it's my culture i was sitting there learning about flipping bobby's great great granddad who fought in world war one like i don't i don't Exactly, we weren't there. I wasn't there. I wanted to learn about my granddad's history, about how he came here after World War Two, how he helped this country, and he's still helping this country now. And you know why? Why aren't those stories being told? Mm, And I'm just gonna say like one last thing before we finish. Like, I don't want anyone listening to think that like we hate white people. Like, we I like me personally, I don't. I love like mm, I'd say like two percent of the population. Mm. I'd say. And even then, that's a bit too much. I mean, I just don't. I just want people to be like respectful. Yeah, I think that's what we want, like as a whole. Just being mm-hmm. respectful. I'll respect you if you respect me. It, exactly, like it's mutual respect. So that's it from us, everyone. Thank you so much for spending your time with us, wherever you are. Speak to you later, love from Three, Three Shady, Shady Ladies. ladies. Bye. Bye.